dirt road in a gooseneck saddle up with me dry land in god's country crops far as i can see the headlights on both ends of my day this country Well, hey, welcome folks to HPJ Talk, the podcast from High Plains Journal, bringing the ag news and commentary of the week to you. I'm Jennifer Latsky, and I'm joined by my colleague, Kayleen Scott. Hey, Kayleen. Hey, Jenny. In this week's episode, we'll bring you the stories you might have missed in the October 26th print edition. We'll have an interview with our Soil Health U content coordinator, Jessica Nadd, who will be speaking with Rick Clark about regenerative agriculture. And Jenny will talk with Tanner Antonock and Zach Eater about next week's Alta Sorghum Frontiers Virtual Field Day, and I'll bring the latest on the grain markets. Hey, that's right, Kayleen. So we are at the end of National 4-H Month, and to show its support for 4-H, High Plains Journal will be donating 25% of all subscription revenue to 4-H now through December 31st. So there's no better time to start, renew, or even gift an HPJ subscription to your favorite people. Visit hpjsubscribe.com to get started. Again, that's hpjsubscribe.com. Sign up online and 25% of your subscription rate will benefit 4-H. You know, Kayleen, we are featuring, um, we have been featuring interviews all this month and next with 4-H families and volunteers about how the program continues to provide hashtag opportunity for all. You know, we talked with uh, some folks from the National 4-H organization this last week, and we heard that during this pandemic, the request for information about the old skills of cooking and sewing and gardening, um, those requests were just off the charts. And, uh, you know, I'm not surprised. People needed to, uh, to get some information about how, what to do with those sourdough starters that they all tried, right? <laughs> yeah, they got to find the information somewhere. I know I don't necessarily go to 4-H, but I go to Pinterest to, to find out how to cook a certain thing. Folks, the extension um, has been there long before Pinterest, and I think it'll be there long after Pinterest. I'm sure. Um, (laughs) Have you ever tried canning? No. I gotta say, I helped my mom can so much when I was a kid from the garden, and my grandma canned every single year. Um, I just have zero interest in it myself, but there are a lot of people out there that are bringing that back. So much that I heard that um, you could not find canning supplies like the jars or the lids and the rings that go with them. Couldn't find those on the shelves this year. I heard that. Botulism kind of scares me as far as canning anything goes. So I think I'd let the professionals do it. But I'm sure there's plenty of others that have successfully canned whatever they needed to can. Well, and 4-H can show you how to do that without killing those that you love. So it's good. (laughs) These are good skills to have. I also heard that sales of large chest freezers were through the roof this year, Kayleen, because people were 
having or trying to find quarters and halves of meat um, through local markets. And there's not enough space in your typical uh, fridge and freezer combination in your kitchen uh, to handle that. So, you know, people are learning how to utilize their food a little bit um, or store it a little bit more and and make sure they have uh, shelf-stable supplies. Yeah, and I'm the kind of shopper that buys, you know, a week or two weeks worth of stuff, and it's kind of a pain to go to the store every week during the pandemic, but, you know, I make do with what I have. I've always been one that if there's a good meat sale, I plan my my uh, recipes for the week around whatever protein is on sale in that week's flyer. So uh, for example, a couple of weeks back, we had uh, buy one, get one free on roasts in our local Dillon store. And so I've got a pot roast in my freezer right now that I'm thinking tomorrow it might be roast day at Casa Latsky. There's no actual planning at my house. It's just a vicious rotation of tacos and spaghetti <laughs> and pork chops, <laughs> whatever else we can conjure up. <laughs> Pizza. <laughs> when you've got small boys and a, and, a, and a husband that's got a hollow leg, I totally understand. Well, he only eats certain things and the boys only eat certain things and I'm stuck in the middle because I'm the one that does all the cooking. So it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. You know, I, I used to cook for our family when mom and dad were in the field a lot. I've talked about that in the past, but one thing 4-H did teach me, even though I was never in the cooking projects, um, in the, in the home ec, uh, portions of things, I had a, a really good home ec advisor in our County back home. And, and she talked to us about not only meal planning, but cost per serving, um, you know, nutritional facts per serving and making sure that you had a balanced meal. Those are all things that not just youth, but their families need to know in order to be healthy people and healthy citizens in society. And, and 4-H is doing that. Um, you know, uh, we also heard about things like, uh, a, a request for information on gardening. And we've talked for years in the agricultural community that if more people grew gardens, they would understand what farmers have to go through on a, on a yearly basis to bring food to their table. Who knows, maybe this is gonna have a rise of an educated consumer as far as um, how their food gets from the farm to the, pas- the packager to their table. Who knows, Kayleen? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. By the looks of social media, there's some uneducated folks out there. <laughs> so have you tried sourdough bread? I don't like sourdough bread. <laughs> My house is never warm enough for for any sort of dough to rise very good. So I have to cheat and turn the stove on and let it warm up in here <laughs> before, you know, my pizza dough. I always make homemade pizza dough and it takes forever for it to rise. So, you know, I, it is my mom's, um, it is her one, uh, shame for her daughter, me. I can't make bread. I I'm horrible at it. I don't have the counter space. 
to, for one thing. And the other thing is I don't even attempt to make cinnamon rolls from scratch. I, that's the one thing where I'm like, you know what? There are other talented people out there and I'm going to support their efforts. <laughs> I, I make, usually make cinnamon rolls in the fall and the winter time. And that's, that's it. <laughs> I found, I got, for some reason I bought all purpose flour and I don't ever use all purpose or what is it? Self-rising flour. I don't ever use that. And I'm just like, what am I going to do is sack flour. So I think I'm going to use it to make some different cinnamon rolls so I can use it up before it goes bad. So I will say this. I do a lot of baking as far as, you know, cakes and, and um, quick breads and that type of thing. And I have this recipe that I picked up through Weight Watchers and you're going to, you're going to think this is crazy, but they actually, there's a two ingredient dough. Okay. And it takes a cup of self-rising flour and a cup of plain non-fat Greek yogurt, mix the two together, create a dough, and you can use this for anything. Um, I like to make bagels out, bagels out of it. You bake, you know, form them in a, in a ring and voila, bagel. Um, other people use it for a pizza crust for many pizzas. It actually tastes pretty good and there's no tangy, icky, whatever to it. It's just like a plain dough. Go for it. Nice. I don't ever buy Greek yogurt, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a staple in my household. <laughs> yogurt well, tubes is all that gets bought in my house and the wrapper usually ends up under the recliner, so. <laughs> boys will be boys. Well, hey, we are recording this five days out from the election. I mailed my ballot back last week. Um, We still have political mailers coming in the mail, though, and the the stuff is still flying over the airwaves. And, you know, I I always get to this point of of an election cycle, Kayleen, and I just wonder how many people's minds are getting changed by any of this, this late in the game. Yeah, I don't. We were watching it this morning and I I don't, I don't know this late in the game. I don't know that I would change my mind personally. I mean, I've heard the ads and even my kids, you hear them talking about this, like overhearing them. I was like, where did you hear that? Where did you? And they were playing on the iPad the other night in one of the games. It was a free game. So it had ads on it and it's was a Barbara Bollier commercial on their game on the freaking iPad. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah, it, the, the viral ads on all of the platforms, it's not just, you know, your Facebook trend line, it's on the games that you play and download, um, because there's all sorts of free ads that come there. It's on your Twitter. It's, it's, you open up anything and there's an ad facing you talking about a a political candidate. I, I look at these, these, these ads where they're slinging mud children watch this, you know, what kind of leader do I want? If, if that's how you treat some, an adult in front of children, you know, dude or dudette, whoever you are, rethink your life choices. That's what I have to say. Cause grandma Clark, my grandma, she always said those don't trust them. (laughs) Like, okay, grandma, (laughs) she was, she was onto something. You know, speaking of slinging mud, Kayleen, there were the um, last week's news, there were a couple of candidates in um, Utah for their state Senate or their their U.S. Senate seat that put together an ad, but a Republican and a Democrat appeared in the same ad 
And they talked about how they may differ politically, but they choose not to sling mud. They choose not to attack each other on a personal level. They choose to understand that the debate lands at policy and it's not you're you're not an awful human being because you happen to be a different political brand than the other. I I was shocked, shocked that they would actually do that. But then I thought it's Utah and they are the nicest people on the planet. (laughs) I'll have to agree. I mean, why can't we just be nice? I mean, it's, they've, kids have been taught that for years, you know, growing up, just be nice, just be kind, you know, and it seems like it reaches a point (laughs) for older children and and young adults where it just goes away. You know, if we all had a little bit more Mr. Rogers in our lives uh, and kept that in our hearts, maybe we'd be a little bit better off. (laughs) Say what you will about him being kind of hokey, but he had a good philosophy, Kayleen. Well, I I hope that uh, if uh, you folks are choosing to vote and exercise your rights, please be safe going out there. you know, bundle up if you're going to have long waits in line. Um, and if you are mailing those ballots in, you know, be sure to to get those mailed in. And, uh, you know, it sounds like we're not going to be able to trust postmark dates in some states. So you may have to go and hand deliver those ballots. But check with your local um, election officials and follow the rules that have been set by your states. And thanks for exercising your right to vote and and participate in our democracy. Right, Kayleen? Yeah, I know our county has special early voting times. They've had it on Saturdays. They've had late into the evening. So there's no excuse for people to not vote. I think I'm going to wait and take my chances on Election Day and just go and see what the, the pulse is like that. Cause it's just right down the street from the boys' school. So I'll drop them off at school and go get in line. If there happens to be a line, bring a chair, bundle up. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be warm. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you folks out there? Drop us a line at HPJ talk at HPJ.com and let us know or call us at 1-800-452-7171. Hey, and do us a favor and head on over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and leave us a review. Alta Seeds brings you this week's episode. Alta debuted its new iGrowth sorghum line to the U.S. market in its first ever Sorghum Sorghum Frontiers virtual field day this past summer. iGrowth is the world's first non-GMO herbicide-tolerant sorghum that's commercially available in the U.S. market, enabling pre- or post-emergent weed control. Be sure to register for the second Sorghum Frontiers virtual field day, which will be November 5th at hpj.com slash sorghum frontiers. Learn more about the iGrowth trait and the company that's bringing it to your farm. Well, Kayleen, that first snow of the season had us all pulling out the crock pot and the chili ingredients. And if I know you, there are cinnamon rolls ready to go, right? No, I haven't made any yet. (laughs) (laughs) You're letting me down. Well, hey, if you're like me and you're in the kitchen um, prepping that chili, uh, turn up the speaker, fire up the stove, and thanks for riding with us here on HPJ Talk.
This week's cover story is by Lacey Newland, Cotton Industry Still Reeling After 2020's Domino Effects. Across the Southern Plains and beyond, cotton growers are preparing to harvest their fields in a year full of twists and turns no one could have predicted. Yields are expected to be low and coupled with a number of other challenges, the cotton infrastructure of West Texas and Oklahoma could be in for a ripple effect, mimicking the trends of 2020. Production was challenged by drought stress and wind damage, as well as hail and a September cold snap that was tough on the crop. On the market side, according to Texas A&M AgriLife Extension economist, Justin Benavides, the pandemic has created a tough sales environment for cotton-based durable goods like clothing and home items. Many stores were forced to close, and on reopening, they had to limit customers and use of dressing rooms for fear of virus spread. That led to fewer sales. You know, Kayleen, at the height of the pandemic, the start of it, it was right about Easter time. And we talked with an economist and he said, it's going to hit the cotton industry really hard. And um, he's, he asked me, do you know why? And I said, nobody's going to Easter Sunday services, are they? And he goes, that's exactly it. Nobody was able to buy Easter dresses this year. Be surprised at how many, how many of those trends um, really hit everybody in the pocketbooks. It trickles back to the farmer eventually. Yeah. Well, Lacey also brought us a story about nanotechnology and its applications in agriculture. Nano-sized agriculture could mean mega-sized results, she writes. Lacey spoke with Ilya Medina Velo, Assistant Professor of Chemistry at Western New Mexico University. Velo is conducting work looking at how nanomaterials can be incorporated into products for consumers, as well as agricultural use, like evaluating them for fertilizers or crop amendments that would help reduce salt stress. On the Opinions and Editorials page, editor Dave Bergmeier has a column this week, Voting Represents the Best in America. A letter to the editor comes from Pat Bowen, Iowa City, Iowa. Every vote counts. We also have a letter from Greg Deering of the Kansas Farm Bureau. Down to turnout, do your part to make a difference. And U.S. Senator John Thune of South Dakota writes about families helping families. We rolled out our first of our special articles looking at how 4-H has helped youth and their families during this pandemic. It's part of our circulation campaign with 4-H. This week, Kayleen and I wrote about our conversation that we had a couple of weeks ago with Michelle Barron, 4-H Youth Development Agent for the Cottonwood Extension District here in Kansas. Remember, folks, High Plains Journal will be donating 25% of all subscription revenue to 4-H now through December 31st. So there is no better time to start, renew, or even gift an HPJ subscription. Visit hpjsubscribe.com to get started. Again, that's hpjsubscribe.com. Sign up online and 25% of your subscription rate will benefit 4-H. Read more on the variety of ag issues facing farmers and ranchers in the print High Plains Journal or look for it online anytime at www.hpj.com. And if you have a response to something you've read or heard, please write to us at journal at hpj.com or hpjtalk at hpj.com. We want to hear from you. Well, hello, everybody. I have Rick 
Clark with me today. He is a fifth generation farmer from Warren County, Indiana, and he will be one of our keynote speakers for Soil Health U. Thank you very much for being here, Rick. How are you? Jessica, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. It's it's a pleasure. Thank you. Excellent. So a little bit about Rick, uh, you know, your bio, we've, we have, so you have been recognized for outstanding conservation efforts on the farm, as well as leadership in advancing sustainable agriculture. And the title for your keynote presentation at Soil Health U is Leading with Soil Health. So just give me a little background here. What does, what does that mean to you? Yeah, that's uh, to me, that's very important. That's the number one uh, driver of our systematic approach to our farming method is soil health. And I've said many times that I will sacrifice yield to maintain, to maintain soil health. And I will most definitely do that because it's taken us so long to get to where we are today that I am not willing to give that soil health up. Absolutely. And, you know, I've heard you talk about that before, and I know that you're going to dive into what that means. I know a lot of listeners are probably interested right now, sacrificing yield for soil health, but you also have pioneered an inventive systems approach to soil health. And you're going to be talking about this a lot. It's called, it's what you call farming greens. Um, yes. And you feel that by by farming green through soil health, this is going to help you increase your profitability while dramatically improving environmental outcomes. So talk to us That's, a little bit about that. Right. Uh, you are exactly correct. Um, farming green, I think what that allows a person to do, um, it, it extends the life of the cover crops way longer into the growing season. So that cover crop, whatever it was intended to do, if it was a cereal grain, it's going to, it's going to sequester nutrients. It's going to give you armor to the soil. It's going to give you erosion control. If it's a legume, you let it go further into the season, like past mother's day. And now it's fixing all that free nitrogen for you that it's pulling out of the atmosphere uh, those are the things that I think of what really expedited um, our soil health journey is because by by farming green, which what I mean by that is we're, we're planting our cash crop of corn and soybeans into a living, growing green cover crop and not terminating uh, sometimes up to 35 to 40 days. So that really is pulling those nutrients deep from within the profile recycling them back to the surface and they go back down through the profile to be then available for the cash crop. Excellent. So we're talking about how many acres here? Uh, about 7,000. 7,000. That is impressive. That is very impressive. And, and approximately how long have you been working on this? We've been no-tilling for 15 years plus and cover cropping now for 11 years plus and and I'll be, you know, we have to be very careful here, Jessica. Um, there's a couple of critical things that we have to pay attention to. Number one is if there are beginners listening, we have to start easy and there has to be success that first time out for a beginner because I'm afraid if there's not success, they may not come back to this. 
And the second thing we have to be aware of is this is a very advanced system that we're in, and it can be you can very easily get in over your head if you're not careful. But I don't mean to scare people, but we have to be aware that this is way different than than the uh, the way a lot of people are currently farming. I think this is fantastic. I really look forward to hearing more about your presentation. I know you and I, we have had multiple conversations in the past, and I can't wait for you to share your system of farming with our attendees at Soul Help You. Um, but I think that your message, along with some of the other speakers, people are going to get a really well-rounded look at what Soil Health can do for you. Um, once again, Rick Clark, thank you for joining me today, and we can't wait to see you at Soil Health U. Thank you, and I can't wait to be out there to see uh, everybody west of me. I greatly appreciate it. Have a great day. All right, Rick. Have a great day. Well, hey, everybody. This is Jennifer Latsky again here with uh, Tanner Antonick and Zach Eater. Um, joining us from uh, Advanta Alta Seeds. Tanner is the regional sales manager for the central U.S. and Zach is the U.S. technology development manager. manager. Gentlemen, welcome to HPJ Talk again. Thanks for having, Thanks us, for having us. Well, um, we are so excited because we're going to have part two, uh, the continuation of Sorghum Frontiers, uh, November 5th, and um, we are going to talk more at Sorghum Frontiers about more of the technology that is coming out of your pipeline. Um, Zach, let's start with you. Um, as the U.S. Technology Development Manager, you have a big role to play in rolling out iGrowth and Empire Forage. And so let's talk a little bit about what people who join us at Sorghum Frontiers, what they might learn um, November 5th. So we're looking for a complete encompassing event. It's going to be really exciting. Um, first of all, we're going to continue to dive into the iGrowth technology, which is going to be the herbicide tolerant sorghum coming to the market in uh, this coming year in 2021. Uh, so we're going to dive into all the details of that. If you uh, tuned in in July for our first event, you got to see kind of what the technology was and how it was coming to life. But now you're going to be able to see product placement, as well as some real granular look at how to use the chemistry on your farm, the different tank mixes, all the different successes we've had with it, uh, and some of the challenges that we're going to continue uh, to work with our growers on. Uh, in addition to that, we're going to start bringing in a little bit more of the technology we're working on around the world. And that really comes to life in our empire lineup, which is in our forage um, component. So forages and forage sorghum, sorghum sudan grass and uh your sudan grasses whether you're a cattleman just grazing uh cattle or if you're producing high-end hay products or even chopping uh silage for dairy or feedlot use so we're going to dive into all the technologies whether that's our bmr6 for kidney dwarf lots of new information never really uh had a way to uh get it in front of the grower quite like this so i think it's gonna be a really great opportunity to see something in a new way uh, and really uh, take advantage of this new technology. Okay, great. Well, hey, Tanner, um, with uh, Sorghum Frontiers, the first one in, earlier this summer, uh, we saw a, a brand new way to reach um, potential uh, clients, uh, potential customers. What excites you about Sorghum Frontiers and being able to connect with those, those growers one-on-one -on -one or 
um, more importantly, where they're at. Before the COVID-19 pandemic, we planned on having regional events where we're going to have lots of growers in and be able to teach about the technology and let them see it for the first time. Um, with the pandemic, what's changed is we had to pivot to these events, and they've been they've been great events. But what's most exciting is instead of these regional events, we've now made this a nationwide event. We're seeing customers uh, and growers sign up all the way from California to the Carolinas, uh, of course, all over the central United States and the Grain Belt. So guys are going to be able to come in and learn about a broad array of, of geographies. And so with that, Zach had mentioned we're going to talk about product placement. And we've tried to make it very broad. So we're not only speaking to the growers there in Kansas, but we're also talking about the East Coast and the coastal bend of Texas. So um, growers, no matter where you are, you can tune in and learn about your geography and the products that may be a fit for you. So that's what I'm most excited for. You know, no matter where you go, sorghum is has a role to play in our in our society, and we're seeing um, it's it's got a, a big role to play on the international uh, stage as as far as our exports, right, Tanner? Absolutely, we've seen. I believe the last figure I saw was exports are up around seven percent this year. But you're seeing the basis um, look attractive all the way from Texas through Kansas, and growers are are, are being able to market at a very um, you know, very lucrative price point. And so leading into next year, I think we're going to see a lot of growers reevaluate where sorghum might be a fit on their farm. And when we look at sorghum products, they are so versatile, whether we're in high input, uh, high moisture areas or really dry, arid climates, sorghum is going to be a great fit uh, across an array of geographies. And so we want to help growers find out where this can be the best fit and they can take advantage of that export market. Good. Well, now, Zach, um, we've we've seen a lot of weather come our way this year. Um, you've got a, a lot of plots out there of uh, not only iGrowth, but Empire and a, and a few other sorghums that are in the pipeline. Um, what's exciting for you? How, how did things look this year for our growing season? Just a, a brief recap. Well, I think the most exciting thing that we're going to be able to present at this Sorghum Frontiers event is you're actually going to see live data that we've gotten from the event uh, locations that we set up. So if you tuned in at the previous one and we were in South Texas, all of that data is going to be brought to you live at this event, whether uh, the yield and the test weights and everything else that we gather in the field. So we're going to be presenting that to you. But what's unique about setting this back into the uh, November 5th uh, timeframe is we've actually gotten all the data from the locations you're going to be viewing in that uh, event and being able to see those uh, yield results. And what we're seeing is we had some really tough dry land conditions in South Texas and had some great performance from the iGrowth uh, products compared to our industry standards that we're uh, checking against. But then we also got into that Hereford and Enid regions that we're going to be showing that are in higher input irrigated ground. And we're seeing just top in phenomenal yield that we're really excited that I think a couple of these, you could be seeing them in a yield contest uh, in a couple of years. Uh, so that's really exciting for us uh, to be uh, bringing to the table. So um, looking to the future, beyond Sorghum Frontiers, and um, what else is in the pipeline that, that kind of excites you? What are the questions that you want to answer as a technology development manager for farmers? Well, that's, that's what keeps me in this line of work. I just love finding new ways. Uh, to solve problems for growers. One of the things I really encourage everyone to, to tune in for is we're actually going to have our specialist from Australia and our lead uh, from Dubai who covers the entire globe in advancing our technologies. And 
with these presentations and with the uh, the way they're going to be able to bring uh, the insight from the global look, you're going to be able to see what's coming to the U.S. and also what's really unique about agriculture is we're all part of this this big community globally. You'll be able to see how the technologies you're helping us develop here in the United States are benefiting uh, countries around the world. So we're going to have uh, some developments from Australia, which if you're in the Kansas market, you're familiar with the products coming from there and then vice versa. They fit very well together. And then uh, with the global look coming from our headquarters in Dubai, you're going to see what you know five, 10 years looks like uh, down the pipeline. And one of the best things that we're looking at is we're going to be bringing a lot of new technology and new developments to our forage growers, which I feel have been a little underserved and we're real excited to bring some new stuff for them. Well, great. Well, gentlemen, thank you for joining us on the podcast to give us a bit of a preview of of next week's uh, Sorghum Frontiers. And remember, folks, if you want to join us for Sorghum Frontiers, you're going to need to register in advance. And you can find that registration information at hpj.com slash Sorghum Frontiers. Thank you, Tanner. Thank you, Zach. And we will see you folks uh, next week at Sorghum Frontiers on November 5th. Thank you very much. Thank you. Your grain market prices from Dodd City's Pride Ag Resources on October 20th. Corn was up at $4.24. Wheat was up at $5.41. Milo was up at $5.09. And soybeans were up at $9.79. If you'd like to have crop or livestock targeted news emailed directly to you, sign up for our HPJ Direct email newsletters on our website, www.hpj.com slash signup. Simply select the topics that interest you and you'll receive updates on them directly to your email. Be sure to watch for our cattle marketing and finance issue of High Plains Journal in your mailboxes November 2nd with a story from Lacey Newland. And look for additional content online anytime at www.hpj.com. Thanks again to Alta Seeds for sponsoring this week's episode. Alta debuted its new iGrowth sorghum line in July. iGrowth is the world's first non-GMO herbicide-tolerant sorghum that's commercially available in the U.S. market enabling pre- or post-emergent weed control. Be sure to sign up to catch the second installment of Sorghum Frontiers, which will be November 5th, by registering at hpj.com slash sorghumfrontiers and learn more about this new trait and the company that's bringing it to your farm. Thanks again, folks, for riding along with us as we bring ag news and commentary to you. And remember, as Dodge City's favorite lawman, Wyatt Earp, once said, Fast is fine, but accuracy is everything. We'll see you on the trail. Dirt road in a gooseneck, saddle up with me. Dry land in God's country, crops far as I can see. Headlights on both ends of my day. This country. Right.